Welcome to Law School Podcaster, your source for inside information and advice on the law school application process. I'm Althea Legospi. Law School Rankings. Each year, new lists are published ranking and rating the top law schools in the country. These lists are often analyzed, debated, questioned, and critiqued, but how can and should students navigate them? Law school rankings can be complicated and confusing, with different schools topping different lists and categories. But when you know what they're measuring, rankings can be a useful source of information to law school applicants to help make a decision on which law school to apply to and which school to choose. We'll help demystify some of the most commonly known and used law school rankings by speaking to some of the people behind them in this segment, Law School Rankings. What do the numbers mean? We'll hear from U.S. News & World Report, Vault.com, Princeton Review, as well as AdmissionsDean.com, a website that helps students find and research law schools and provides information and tools, including the U.S. News Rankings and Brian Leiter's Law School Rankings. We'll explore the methodology that puts schools at the top of each and what's new in the world of rankings. This is Law School Podcaster. Stay tuned to the rest of our show after a word from our sponsor. Newton LSAT Prep puts you in the driver's seat. Study when you want, where you want. All online, all the time. Newton brings the very best teachers in the world right to your desktop. Join them live or watch them on demand in video classrooms. Newton also gives you expert explanations to every LSAT prep test question ever written and a create a quiz feature that shows you exactly which concepts you need to work on. Newton is so confident in its approach to LSAT prep that it guarantees at least a five-point score increase or your money back. Still not convinced? You get all this for half of what the competition charges. Only $690 for a full year's membership. Go to newton.com, that's Newton with a K, and grab control of your LSAT prep today. Use promo code newton-law-school-podcaster and get the Newton LSAT course for only $540. Yale Law School topped U.S. News & World Report's 2011 law school rankings, while Brian Leiter's 2009 rankings placed Yale at number two. In Vault's biannual 2008 ranking, Yale weighed in at number 10. Princeton Review doesn't have an overall ranking list, but one of 11 of their 2010 ranking lists, the toughest to get into, cites Yale as number one. To understand what these numbers mean, let's take a look at how each source evaluates schools. U.S. News & World Report publishes law school rankings annually for both full-time and part-time JD programs. They also rank by specialties. U.S. News & World Report's Director of Data Research, Robert Morse, explains how both objective and empirical data is used in their evaluations. Well, we evaluate all, all um, ABA accredited schools that are have full accreditation, which I think is nearly 190. Um, and then we use a series of statistical indicators. We have an academic reputation survey we also have a, a survey of, of academic quality among practicing um, attorneys and federal judges and states' attorney general. So we have, we have two separate measures of, of reputation, one among academics, one among practitioners, and we compare the schools on their admissions data, LSATs, undergraduate GPA. Then we have a series of indicators to measure the faculty and financial resources of the school, student-faculty ratio, library, how much the schools spend to educate the students, and then we have a 
series of placement indicators on proportion of students to get jobs and the bar, how successful they are bar passing, passing the bar. So it's a wide range of, of indicators. President and founder of AdmissionsDean.com, Don McCauley, posts U.S. News & World Report's yearly rankings as well as the lighter rankings and provides a three-year average for each of them. He explains Professor Brian Leiter's student numerical quality rankings. He relies on objective data. What he'll do is he'll rank the, you know, the top 40 law schools in the country by student numerical quality, basically looking at their, their LSAT scores and their GPAs, okay? Things that, you know, the schools report to the ABA, and then he actually tabulates them and then, you know, sends them back as a ranking. Uh, but then he also, you know, he also creates other rankings, all right, uh, that... Um, that are more fine-tuned. Like it, it, it would be fine-tuned for a student who is interested, say, in, hey, look, I want to go to law school and I want to become a Supreme Court clerk. Well, he actually has schools ranked by the number of Supreme Court clerks that they actually place. All right? Or, you know, ultimately, I want to go to law school and I want to teach. I want to be a law professor. Well, he's got a rankings uh, based on that. Macaulay also explains admissions dean's selectivity rankings list. Basically, what admissions dean selectivity score does is uh, try to capture how selective a school is uh, when choosing its own students. All right, and our selectivity score is calculated by assigning weights to two almost universal admissions data points: uh, the 75th percentile LSAT score and the 75th percentile UGPA uh, for the law school's matriculating students. And that am- that information is actually captured from the, um, the reported ABA data uh, that the schools actually self-report uh, every year to the ABA and the LSAC. Vault.com publishes its law school rankings every two years, but has plans to offer them annually. Vault.com's managing editor, Brian Dalton, says they don't evaluate schools per se, but they compile information from surveys completed by legal employers to get their point of view. We, that is to say Vault, doesn't evaluate schools. We survey in... Uh, employers of law school graduates and ask their take on the employability of law school graduates um, relative to other schools. In other words, we take an employer's perspective. But but the rankings that we publish are a pure function of our survey responses. There's no um, editorial judgment calls in either what the rankings turn out to be or in you know, devising some sort of uh, formula to generate rankings. It's just a single um, employability criterion. But what about how current law school students rank the institutions they already attend? Well, Princeton Review's senior vice president and publisher, Robert Franick, explains how they're the best 172 Law School's 2010 edition uses student opinion to inform their rankings. We go directly to whom we would consider law school experts, students in, in law school classrooms across the country. Um, so this is not the opinion of the Princeton Review. It's simply the opinion of current law school students informing prospective students of their experiences. Ten of Princeton Review's 11 law school rankings by category are based on student opinion surveys. 
but Princeton Review's Franick says their toughest to get into category is not. That one list um, that is called toughest to get into is based on our admission selectivity ratings. So that is based solidly on quantitative uh, data collection that we do, thinking about entering LSAT scores. Did you graduate at the top, you know, 5, 10, 20 percent of your um, of your graduating college class? So those things are unapologetically on the, on the quantitative side. The qualitative side are those other ranking lists, those 10 other ranking lists from, again, best career prospects to best professors and so on. Franick says Princeton Review also makes a distinction between ratings and rankings. The ratings that we that we generate, there there are specific ratings that we will generate for each of the 172 law schools in the book, uh, and they are focused on admission selectivity. So again, how competitive a student is coming, uh, you know, to the admissions table, let's say for a New York law school. Uh, but then academic experiences, talking specifically about about professors, whether they're interesting, whether they're accessible, and so on. So I think the ratings are very valuable because then you can compare all of those ratings with other other schools that might be on your list of consideration. The rankings are solidly focused on only those top 10 schools that get called out in a particular area. So the most liberal students, you know, best classroom experience and, and, and so on. So not every school will be represented in a, in a ranking, but every school will have those rating numbers generated for them. While Princeton Review breaks down their lists into categories, which reflect such areas as classroom experience, environment for minority students, and most diverse faculty, according to student opinions, U.S. News and World Report law school rankings can also be sorted by areas of specialty and offer statistical data on diversity. We have um, tax law, we have environmental, we have trial advocacy, we have, I think we have appellate, we have um, legal writing, um, we have health law. So each of these published rankings has different criteria when evaluating what schools make their lists, from objective to subjective, and to opinion surveys and empirical data. They also have different means to measuring the final tally. For example, U.S. News & World Report's Morris says indicators are given specific weights to the variables to give an accurate statistical ranking. I mean, we, we use something called standardized scores, which is a Z scores, which is create the distance from the mean, how many standard deviations, but, but, but that's, that's just a vehicle for taking variables that are di different indicators, you know, that's a way of converting all like an LSAT score and a GPA and a, and a graduation rate and a bar passage rate and a reputation score all to the same um, statistical um, variable or the same the same you're you're putting them through the same process to, so then you can compare them statistically. Given the varying approaches, criteria, and measurement poles for how rankings are developed within each of these respective lists, admissions deans Macaulay believes it's important to understand the methodology behind each ranking when interpreting them. My belief of, of what students should look at the rankings is is again, you know, understanding that the rankings should only mean something to you if you buy into the underlying methodology that whatever ranking body is used to create the rankings is something that you ascribe to. All right. So if you believe, uh, you know, that certain data points identically, you know, it matches your beliefs in terms of how to rank a school or, or what's important in terms of ranking a school, then I think they're great, right? But you know, often or far too often, I should say. Um, you know, students don't really know or, you know, what the underlying methodology is um, uh, or maybe don't necessarily care if they did know, right? 
so in that, in that respect, rankings should sort of be taken with a grain of salt. Once someone has a better understanding to the methodologies and criteria used to develop rankings, our experts tell us that rankings can be a great tool for researching law schools. U.S. News Morris cautions, however, that rankings should never be the sole factor for choosing a school. It should definitely not be the sole basis to determine which, you know, to choose one law school over the other. If you're using them in that way, that would be the wrong way to use rankings, or at least our rankings. But, but they can certainly be used as, as one tool in, in the application or, or deciding where to go. But, you know, students have to take into account, you know, the, where, where their LSAT scores, you know, where, where they're likely to have a chance to get in, how much it costs to go to school, what kind of program the, the law school has. Is it, is it like a national focus? Is it a state is it a school that people, you know, just practice at the state level or, or local level? There's a lot of factors that, that anybody who's spending three to four years of their life has to take into account before they invest their time and money in getting a JD degree. Legal employers certainly are familiar with law school rankings, but our experts explain that legal employers have a great many criteria determining whom they hire. And for the most part, their hiring practices are not limited to how high the applicant's law school ranked. Valtz Dalton expounds on this. Whether it's a law firm or some other institution with a you know years-long track record of hiring and recruiting um, law students, I, I imagine that they have their own um, criteria and they have their own experiences with spe specific institutions. And I'm not sure how dependent um, their practices ought to be on the fluctuations year to year on these various rankings and tables that are available for, uh, for um, consumption. While rankings appear to be only one piece of a large puzzle that either a potential student or legal employer can reference in decision-making, each of our rankings experts have found some interesting findings past just straight interpretations, as well as some new schools making their lists. Long Island's Hofstra University is new to Princeton Review's law school descriptive profiles, which was a result of a sufficient amount of students responding to student surveys. Princeton Review's Franek shares another notable finding in their rankings edition. One that comes to mind is the City University of New York uh, here in our hometown, Queens College, their, their, their law school, is number one on most liberal students, which I think is, uh, is, is important for, for uh perspective students to know about, but that there's equal lists. I have a lot of flip side lists, so I have a most conservative student list. I think that you will find these ratings and rankings a great lever, a great resource for you to find out a little bit more about schools. And then when you go for your first visit, you talk to your first law school counselor, you're, you're going to be focused and able to sort of drill down on some of the important questions to, to ask, and, and it will simply make you a more informed shopper. In addition to Vault's overall ranking, they offer a section on the 25 most underrated law schools. Its first was published in 2007. Vault's Dalton noted a trend in regional value when it comes to law schools from that edition. That list, which again was 25 schools, much like the uh, our, our top 25 list, showed a very interesting, you know, regional pattern. Um, Emory came out as number one, and that was because um, folks in the South really think highly of Emory. Uh, Fordham came out number two because people in New York think really highly of Fordham. And so all over the country, there are these real gems of schools that may not have national profiles, but um, are really worth uh, 
uh, serious consideration by any prospective student. As admissions dean Macaulay outlines, it tries to empower students when it comes to rankings by offering a create-your-own-rankings calculator. Uh, if you went to the admissions dean website and clicked on uh, create, search, and compare, you can actually create your own rankings based on 16 different data points um, within the, uh, within, you know, that are objectively, you know, objective data reported by the ABA or reported by the school to the ABA, I should say. Um, you know, so if you wanted to rank a school, for instance, uh, you know, by uh, things that are important to you, say you're interested in small class sizes uh, or schools with high bar passage rates, in the Northeast, you can do that, and you can actually even assign weights. Okay, so you say, okay, half of the score, or you know, three quarters of the score, uh, you know, of my ranking should be uh, devoted to small class size because that's the kind of learning experience that I want to have, and then maybe 25% of my score should be, uh, you know, relate to the bar passage rate. All right, and then you can, you know, hit search and you know, hit rank, I should say, the button, and it'll actually spit out, you know, schools in the Northeast if that's what if that's the geographic area you wanted to search. Um, based on those two uh, criteria, and it'll spit out schools that, you know, and rank them, you know, that schools, these are schools that you should be looking at. For the second year in a row, the 2011 U.S. News & World Report law school rankings feature part-time law school rankings. Moore says the approach has been revised this year. We're doing the part-time law rankings in a more sophisticated way. I mean, I, I know that that doesn't represent a big part of legal education, but to some to some students, it's important. So we're we're doing the part-time ranking using a more sophisticated methodology. So that's that's something new. U.S. News and World Report's law school rankings are released in April each year. Princeton Review released the best 172 law schools 2010 edition in October 2009. Vault plans to release its 2010 edition in September, and admissions dean are updated annually after both U.S. News & World Report and lighter rankings have been published. Regardless of what's said about them, rankings can be a useful reference tool for potential students. As Vault's Dalton says, rankings are a good starting point. These sorts of rankings and uh, whatever their source are best used as a starting point. Um, a student knows what his LSAT scores are, he knows what his GPA is, and by taking a look at rankings, you know, from the USA, US News um, on down, you can just start to get a general sense of sort of your range of possibilities. But then, from that point, it's really up to the student to do the real work, to visit the schools, visit their sites, do your own research, um, cross-reference all the various rankings and assessments, and, uh, you know, make their own decisions. Newton LSAT Prep puts you in the driver's seat. Study when you want, where you want. All online, all the time. Newton brings the very best teachers in the world right to your desktop. Join them live or watch them on demand in video classrooms. Newton also gives you expert explanations to every LSAT prep test question ever written and a create-a-quiz feature that shows you exactly which concepts you need to work on. Newton is so confident in its approach to LSAT prep that it guarantees at least a five-point score increase, or your money back. Still not convinced? You get all this for half of what the competition charges. Only $690 for a full year's membership. Go to 
newton.com, that's Newton with a K, and grab control of your LSAT prep today. Use promo code newton-law-school-podcaster and get the Newton LSAT course for only $540. Rankings provide comparative information about law schools and their JD programs. And while it's impossible to quantify the quality of the educational experience at a law school, applicants, students, faculty, and parents are interested in the information the rankings try to convey. We hear from our guests that rankings can be a helpful resource in the law school application process. Understanding the methodology behind them and knowing what's most important to you in seeking your JD can make you a savvier shopper and help to better navigate the different law school rankings out there. For more information, a transcript of the show, or to register to receive more law school podcasts, visit lawschoolpodcaster.com. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter to get the latest news and insight into the world of law school. This is Law School Podcaster. I'm Althea Legaspi. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned next time when we explore another topic of interest to help you succeed in the law school application process and beyond.